0: Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world, all on the hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey there, welcome to the hash here on Coindesk TV. We are glad that you are here. If you're watching, that's great. If you're listening on the Coindesk Podcast Network, also great. We just love to have you. Let's talk about the latest in crypto news. I'm Zach Seward. We've got Sonali Hanagama, Will Foxley, and Jen Sinassi. She is leading us off today. Jen, what do you got?
2: All right. We're going to talk about the law. Now, this is a first for the U.S. The Department of Justice is charging ex-OpenSea exec Nate Chastain with insider trading involving digital assets. So you'll remember in September, Chastain quit after a scandal which revealed he traded on confidential information about which NFTs would be featured on the OpenSea homepage. Now we had kind of mixed opinions on this show on whether or not he did something that was unethical and now he's being charged by the US Justice Department. There's a lot to unpack here. Will, I'm going to kick it off to you first. Did you think we would see a case like this as it pertains to (laughs) NFTs so soon? Every NFT story. Well, did you think this would happen?
3: <laughs> did you think this was happen? This is a very, yes. very weird story. Very weird story. I want to point everyone to a nice quote in the article. NFTs might be new, but this type of criminal scheme is not. This is the U.S. Attorney Damien Williams. As alleged, Nathaniel Chastain betrayed OpenSea by using its confidential business information to make money for himself. Today's charges demonstrate the commitment to this office to stamping out insider trading, whether it occurs on, on the stock market. Or the blockchain. To me, that's like the entire bread and butter of the story, right? The law enforcement for the US is now willing to go where they have not gone before, and people are getting taken for a turn here. They did not see this coming. Uh, if you read further into the article, there's some other nice lines in here about how they're going to go onto other parts of the crypto scene. They're going to go further into the NFT marketplaces and make sure that consumers are protected. That's really taking The point of these law enforcement arms to the next level, right? They're going to new jurisdictions where they have not operated before. It's not something that I definitely had on my bingo card for this year. Did not see it coming at all. Jen, Zach, I'll throw it to you.
0: All right. So in a very lawyerly statement, uh, Nate Chastain's lawyer says he's not guilty of the charges. When all the facts are known, we are confident he will be exonerated. That is David Miller in a statement to Coindesk TV just now. There it is. But this is pretty crazy, guys. These are two charges. They each carry the maximum of 20 years each. He's looking at 40 years potentially for trading, I guess, something like $40,000 worth of NF- NFTs, which is pretty wild. I wouldn't be surprised if those years came way, way down in terms of sentencing. But that is the statement that the DOJ is making to NFT traders everywhere. If you're trading on privilege in- information, we're going to fine your ass. And that's what happened here as it relates to Nate and OpenSea. So that is a striking message to be sent. And we've seen other examples of this play out over time in crypto history, right? There are countless examples, right? Where people in positions of power seek to make examples of alleged bad actors in the crypto space. And this seems to be that for the NFT moment. And it's pretty striking, but I'll toss it back to Will. I saw his hand up.
3: Yeah, you just made me think about like other instances where we've seen the DOJ or other law enforcement arms go after uh, the Bitcoin industry or the crypto industry. Itself. The most recent one is probably Arthur Hayes with BitMEX and basically DOJ disassembling this entire exchange, right? They like took it apart. Uh, Arthur Hayes had to go into a plea deal. He ended up just getting probation, not getting any jail time, but they had to pay like $10 million each. Like the three of the executives for BitMEX had to pay $10 million each. And that was nascent as well, right? The BitMEX was offering a product that had never been offered before in any financial market, like their Bitcoin perpetual swaps that had never been offered before. And the DOJ went after them for essentially something that was very old, right? Selling a a security or some sort of like financial product to U.S. consumers when they shouldn't be able to do it. And the same thing we're seeing here, right? NFTs are a very new product, but the DOJ is going after them for a very old scheme, which is insider trading. It's interesting to see how like the old paradigm of the law can tackle even these new financial products. Uh, They just always seem to find a way. Jen, I'll give it to you.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up when we talk about the old paradigm of the law, because in this specific situation, that old law very much applies. I think it's really easy for regulators to look at what happened and say, this fits into this old paradigm of the law. It fits into the definition of the law. And that's how regulators look at the law. If it fits into the definition, then it's something that falls under their jurisdiction. I think, and I've said this before, we've talked about this before, that so many of these cases are going to be precedent-setting for how the industry is is regulated moving forward. But at the same time, I mean, it's an industry that has so many gray areas, and it seems a little unfair if Nate is found to be guilty to the full extent in this case. I think, but Sandali, what do you think?
1: I disagree a little bit. I this is kind of like, but probably worse than like a front page editor at a business journal putting up market stories that would benefit him based on like the stocks he owns. It's just wrong on so many levels. And NFTs are right now new and also the easiest and most exciting entry point into crypto for most people. So it is absolutely imperative that there are these guidelines to prevent these types of activities. And that doesn't have to mean banning someone from like owning or trading NFTs. For example, like this led to open sea banning insider trading, which was, I think, like a necessary and appropriate response. I think this case, whatever it's turnout, could like set an important precedent for how traditional trading laws apply to the NFT space because NFTs are going to play a huge role in the metaverse as well. So smart regulation is is always welcome. I'm not sure how fitting this into old paradigm is going to work, but I think still it's an interesting case, Zach.
0: Yeah, absolutely an ethical lapse and maybe even fraud is what's being alleged here. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of arguments are laid out in this conversation, right? Is this an apples-to-apples thing with existing markets and new markets? How slippery are these arguments going to be in trying to address what is at least an ethical lapse? And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what those arguments are as it relates to Web3 and some of the built-in pseudonymity that, that comes with those systems, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what the arguments are if this ever moves to court. If this is settled, who knows? We'll see. But yes, for a former high up at OpenSea to be arrested in New York City on charges of NFT insider trading yesterday, very striking development to be seen here and now in the crypto markets. But I'm
3: tossing the to Will for
0: tossing the to Will for the next story. Yeah, yeah Will. Thank exactly. You. I like
3: to summary there. That was like clown world statement. But let's move on to Gemini, which is slashing 10% of its workforce, citing turbulent crypto markets. The markets have been pretty turbulent. Bitcoin is down. Uh, over 50% from its highs in November. Uh, The rest of the cryptocurrency industry is also doing poorly, probably even worse than Bitcoin itself, which a lot of these exchanges need crypto to do well, not just Bitcoin. They need crypto to do well because they feed off of trading volumes. So what we're seeing here is that Gemini has to trim ship a little bit. They're building, a lot of companies were building, expecting like a longer bull market. Coinbase has also halted hiring. And there's been a few other companies that have been trimming their teams as well. Zach, what is your reading on this? Uh, The one thing I will note is that we talked about two days ago, Fidelity is doubling the size of its team. So that's sort of like a a counter to this story. Interested to get your take.
0: Yeah, who's next? I think that's what people are asking, right? We saw hiring freeze announced at Coinbase. Are cuts coming? Are those in store? Are we going to hear this from other people? I know CZ has been on Twitter saying, hey, we're still building. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Are they next? I mean, it's interesting to see what the next big layoff story is going to be. This is definitely an indicator of a crypto bear market. And maybe even a bit of a prolonged winter in the markets. We saw this last time when we were covering the crypto space after the ICO boom. You know, These are the headlines that come out here and now when things are in the red. So I think for me, the question is, who's next? Some of these companies had been hiring really, really aggressively up until fairly recently. So on the other hand, I guess to make some cuts here and there, 10%, it's not the end of the world, maybe could be seen as defensible and maybe even spun as like, a, hey, it's not so bad after all. But I think what we're seeing here is something that's going to be a story that will keep popping up as the decisions made during a bull cycle are are sort of uh, faced with the accountability and the realities of the crypto bear cycle. And maybe, you know, Fidelity is insulated in a way, right? They're not out in the deep water of crypto. They're sort of still sort of on the shores, you know, dabbling in. It's a little bit less rough out there. So maybe that's why they're in a position to invest some of those resources into building a team for the long run, while some of these more crypto native firms are sort of out there and having to make cuts uh, in the immediate term. But I think I saw Jen's hand. So I'm going to toss it down to her.
2: Yeah, you, you did. I completely agree with you, Zach. I don't think this is going to be the last story that we see when it comes to layoffs. I think during the bull market, everyone was hiring and they were in this like, really exciting frenzy because everybody felt like they were rich. And now the reality has kind of set in. And some more conservative plans need to be put in place. I must say, though, that if you do find yourself in a position where you're being laid off, uh, maybe now is a great time. If you've had an idea and you've wanted to create a startup in the space, maybe now is a time, or maybe to join one. We've talked about these massive funds that are focused on investing in startups during the bear market. You had A16Z launch their 4.5 billion dollar fund yesterday. We spoke of Finance Labs' 500 million dollar fund. So if you find yourself losing your job at a crypto company and you have an idea or you know someone who's starting a startup um, and looking to get funding, maybe now is the time.
3: I actually don't know if layoffs are going to be bad as this cycle as the previous cycle. And I think there's a good case for it as well. So last time during the ICO boom, we saw that Bitcoin hit $10,000 and then $20,000 in quick succession. That $20,000 peak was very brief, right? It was only a moment. That $10,000 period also was very low, like the moving average for it was like maybe two months long. This cycle, quite different, right? Bitcoin was sustained over $50,000 for weeks, even months at a time. We saw two dips down to like 25K. I think like last July, July 2021, we saw Bitcoin hit like 28 or so. And then like a few weeks ago, we saw Bitcoin hit like 25K. Since then, it's like defended the 30K level pretty well. And to me, what that says is there's still volume, there's still interest, there's still people bidding at 30k holding that line. That's a lot more money than there was around in 2017, 2018. So I do think that there's something to be said about a lot of the teams out there just spent way too much money, they hire too many people, and they're gonna have to trim ship. But in 2017, 2018, like it was pretty bad, right? You had Bitcoin hit 20k very quickly, and then go all the way back down to $3,000 and sit there for two years. and. Went back and up between 3K and 10K for quite a while. But this is a very different market structure than what we're seeing now. So I do think that we see some layoffs going into the summer, but I think it's a little bit less than what people are thinking. I think there's like some alarmism out there. I'd be interested to get anyone's take countering that. If you have, are you one. calling
2: me an alarmist, Will?
3: Slightly, yes.
2: pack your bags, start your own company. It's going to be okay. (laughs)
3: Yeah. 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 A
2: little bit.
1: I mean, no, I kind of agree with Jen. What the industry shouldn't want happening right now is like a big slowdown in activities around improving on tech, security, innovation. The markets, you know, never been this big. Adoption has never been this big. And the momentum in those areas should continue instead of, you know, trying to play catch up later. So I think these layoffs and any hiring that they do at this time has to be extremely strategic. And let's hope that it is. I think the dip is the time to come in, right? And if you want to set up a company that's looking far into the future, building for the future, I think, yeah, Jen, I'm with you on that. Like, Thank you. Sounds don't like. stop building. <laughs>
3: for the record <laughs> i'm not calls, against building. two calls
0: for biddle season we got biddle season yeah. <laughs> we got more of these and we got there's enough cash in the biddle. system to soften <laughs> the blow so we got some good takes on the board here
3: we're all but optimistic. you know
0: what we're talking about next we're going to talk about burritos Let's talk about Chipotle and Flexa linking up <laughs> to make crypto payments native to the Chipotle experience. Full disclosure, I love Chipotle. I love burritos. So <laughs> just heads up, guys. Exactly. I'm highly biased Chipotle information coming out you. Here. Pick them off the panel. I wish. I you. wish Chipotle was paying me. Jen, do you know anybody? Can you put in a, put in a word for me? All right. Anyway, if I can just get free guac, that would be great. So Jen, make that happen. Anyway, Flexa is sort of an OG sure. uh, crypto payments network within the system. They link up with different merchants and their latest one happens to be Chipotle, no big deal, whatever. And you can spend all sorts of different cryptocurrencies through certain apps that support the Flexa network. And now Chipotle is rolling it into their operations. It's not their first crypto thing. I think they did a big like Bitcoin giveaway not too long ago. So it is interesting to see them continue their journey down the crypto rabbit hole. I'm gonna toss this to Jen. I feel like maybe I have a fellow burrito lover down there in Jen. So I'm gonna toss you
2: to Jen. You do. You sure do. So Chipotle okay. is, is really interesting when it comes to digital innovation. I don't know if you guys know this, but Chipotle was the first official brand account on TikTok. And I believe they're now the biggest and most engaged with food brand on TikTok. They have store in Roblox and now they're accepting crypto. Not only do they make amazing burritos, but they are great digital thinkers. They are forward thinking people. As I was reading the story and remembering the story that came out last year about their digital restaurant in Roblox, I was like, this is so silly. Who wants a digital burrito? I want to like taste it and eat it and have all those amazing feelings. I'm reading a book called reality plus by David Chalmers. And in the book, it discusses the blurred line between virtual reality and digital reality and envisions this future where we could be in a digital world and experience a digital burrito the exact same way we experience a burrito in real life and so my mind was just blown will please stop with the skepticism up there in the, in the top corner yeah, laughing um, and so I, think, I think it's super going, cool and interesting I and i hope that they can have the first digital burrito <laughs> that i can taste irl or
3: <laughs> mm. okay this feels like those 4d theaters where you go in and you're sitting there watching it, and like you have the glasses on, and then like halfway through it just like squirts water in your face, and you're like, "Oh, it's 4D It's it's not anything real. Like I don't want to have that at all. Do think it's cool that they're going to make uh, burritos purchasable with Bitcoin. That's a cool headline. and Flexa is an interesting network itself. so we can get into that if you guys want to nerd out for a second about what Flexa enables. I'll just make you guys go along for the ride. So Flexa basically has this two parts of the network where you have like stake Flexa, and then you also have like payment side. Where you can spend your money instantaneously. The nice thing about the Flexa side with their own token is that it enables you to like swap Bitcoin immediately and settle right to the network on the spot while having the Flex network on the other side to protect against like any problems. You can say your Bitcoin transaction doesn't land. Well, don't worry, you have staked flexo there to make sure that everyone gets paid. So that's like the tech side of how this all works. And that's been an issue to date with a lot of these payment networks. They don't want to use Bitcoin. They don't want to use cryptocurrency because there's always that edge case where your transaction doesn't settle. And then that person gets that burrito for free, or you're standing at the front of the line and you can't pay for your burrito and everyone's getting really frustrated with you. So Flexa fixes that in a lot of ways, just because of like their unique protocol design. So that is like your nerd corner for the day. Pretty interesting little bit. Sandalia, so throw it down to you.
1: I love nerd corner. And I think like a virtual burrito experience would like change the lives of reluctant vegetarians if they can experience like a meat burrito without actually having one. That'd be pretty cool. Anyway, just from like a payments perspective, I feel like these big name merchants that are adding these options, they're doing it because people are interested and maybe even asking for it. And The more vendors accept private cryptocurrencies as legitimate forms of payment, the more I feel like regulators would also have to look at them as more than just like digital assets to be traded. This is like probably a really bad analogy, but you don't walk into a cafe and pay for your mocha with Apple shares, but you do that with crypto. And regulators are always trying to define crypto to put it in a box that they can understand. We were talking about paradigms earlier. But I think this kind of adoption is only showing all of us that we need to start opening up our definitions of currencies and payment methods, assets, commodities, and kind of look beyond what we know and regulate and and prepare for the future. All of us use multiple payment methods to purchase things today, and almost all of them are digital. So this is just like a logical expansion of things. And I'm really excited for this. Like, imagine you can go into a Chipotle and just like without your digital wallet. With <laughs> crypto. Any crypto you like. 98 should, currencies to choose from. That's amazing. Wow.
0: I'm doing it. Should I'm doing it right now.
1: Burritos? Shut I it down do now. It Control,
0: shut it down. We're hungry. <laughs> We're, going. We're going. Control says there's one more story. We should probably get to that last One story. more story. <laughs> there's one more story. Oh, there's one more story. I
1: think it's mine. Candeli, you we've have uh, We've got an NFT combo deal. So Ooh. first we have one from GameStop. It just published its quarterly report. Turns out it got a cash injection of $76.9 million from selling tokens it received as part of a deal with NFT platform Immutable. So these were Immutable's IMX tokens, just to be clear. Immutable and GameStop have a partnership under which Immutable is working to set up GameStop's NFT marketplace that should be launching in the second quarter, according to the report. So, as part of the partnership, Immutable can give GameStop up to 150 million in IMAX tokens as they reach certain milestones. The report also says that GameStop has noted significant downloads of its digital wallet that launched a few days ago. So, lots of NFT activity at GameStop. Here's an unexpected or totally expected development Kanye West could be launching his own <laughs> NFT collection says the new trademark applications filed around EA's alter ego, Yeezus. So the applications describe blockchain-based non-fungible assets and currencies, among other things. I think it also mentioned digital art. So this comes after he posted a handwritten note on his Instagram earlier this year in perfect Ye fashion that said, don't ask him about NFTs because he's focused on building things in the real world. The post has since been deleted and uh, guys, we're supposed to be in an NFT bear market. Look at all of this. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm going to toss it to Jen first to get her okay. Kanye take.
2: <laughs> I have two things. We're just going to go real entertainment corner here for a second. It was looking bleak for Kanye for a little bit. He was having the public outburst. He was on Kim and Pete's case. He's now gone off of social media. It feels like, you know, Things are getting better. He's finally embracing NFTs. I feel like peace can be restored in the entertainment world. I would love to see what would be an amazing first NFT for Kanye would be if he took that Instagram post that said something like, please don't F and ask me about NFTs and made that an NFT. I think that would go for so much money and would be so fun and so yay. So that's my first thing. Secondly, this GameStop story. Maybe this is a dumb question, but why did they sell the tokens? Aren't they in a strategic partnership with Immutable? Maybe I don't know. Does anyone have thoughts on that? For yes, Thank I, you. Saw Please some, tell I saw me. some. I saw some
0: real grumpy bag holders on Twitter.com. Very yeah. mad that why? GameStop just dumped its position, like on the market. It's like IMX. All right, bye. See you. Boom. We're selling these tokens. Whatever that. <laughs> whatever decisions sort of led to that move, I think it would be an interesting to be like, I don't know, fly on the wall of that board meeting or whatever, you know, as this company that exists in the world faces economic headwinds in the macro environment. But in the small world of bag holders, that was not a popular move. And I think I'm going to be interested to see what the ramifications are among that. But I'll toss it to Will. I'm sure he has some thoughts as well.
3: Yeah, no, that's the, the point of a strategic partnership with a token is that you dump it on the market. That's the, the whole reason you do it in the first place. Now look at their numbers here. They're pretty rough. It, they reported like 230 million dollars in negative cash flow for the quarter, and then the only place they seemingly made money is dumping on top of retail with all these tokens. So I think they really got the whole Web three play down. They're they're really picking that up quickly. Uh, it doesn't seem like they really know how to run the rest of their TradFi business, which is kind of rough. Uh, I'm interested to see what's next. Right, like where else do they pivot? It seems that they, they burned somebody. Like, can they? Are they going to burn somebody again? That seems to always be like the second play for DeFi or NFT companies is like, okay, who's the next target? Uh, So I'm excited for that. Maybe we'll see something later this summer. Sandali, any thoughts on this?
1: Um, I agree with you about the numbers because I think they just maybe needed the cash. And this was a good opportunity and looks good. And of course, we picked it up. So let's see what happens from here. I'm going to go back to Kanye for a sec because in the report, it says that he also like... (laughs) filed (laughs) this application for a real life amusement park. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's going for like some virtual slash real mega Westworld where virtual stuff mixed with rides mixed with crazy Kanye stuff. I don't know. I I feel like someone convinced him to go big on this. Kanye always goes big. Uh, He wants to be first. He wants to be the genius. So I feel like he was behind on NFTs. If he's going to come into the space, it's going to be in a very, very big way. So I'm very interested and intrigued to see where this goes. Zach.
0: All right. Full disclosure. Not as much as I love Burritos. I do love Kanye West. I think he's an amazing artist. I think he really is leading into
2: that
0: artistic creation. Like you've seen some of these live shows that that he's done recently, you know, streamed on Apple or streamed on Tidal or wherever. These are huge, elaborate productions in stadiums across the country. And I think that sort of whatever the pub, whatever the artistic equivalent of public intellectual is, is something that I think he's really leaning into of late. And I'm really interested to see what that looks like in the world of Web3, in the world of the metaverse, if that can be equally as exciting, alluring, and maybe kind of bring more people into this world as a way of introduction. So interested to see what Ye does. You know, the catalog is stellar, but we'll see. This could just be like, just another NFT drop. That would be disappointing. But, you know, he did it with the clothing line. He's done it with the live experiences. I wouldn't bet against him to figure out the NFT thing, but I guess it depends on who
3: he ultimately ends up working with. Will, what do you got? Not much more. I, I think the Kanye <laughs> pivot is pretty, like, that was going to happen. Like, let's be honest, he was definitely going to pivot. Like, someone throwing money in his face, he's going to take that NFT. And it makes sense, right? He's, I think he's rolling out of sports clothing line right now as well. I'm sure there's going to be some new NFTs with that. Like the man's about making money and getting his name out there. NFTs are perfect for him. Perfectly nails like the narcissistic rapper slash artist vibe. So he's he's got it. Slash genius. He's, sir.
2: he's also about like really owning his IP, right? His last album came out on a device that you had to physically buy. It didn't come out on any of the streaming services. And so him adopting... The web three and the crypto ethos kind of makes sense. He wants to own his IP. He, he's really vocal about artists being able to reap the benefits of their creations and not the middleman. And so this makes a lot of sense. It feels like, you know, he's, he's seen the light and I hope we see something cool. He has his Yeezys. Adidas has ventured into the metaverse. Maybe we'll see some kind of cool Yeezy activation. We can all attend with our avatars
0: so one day a boy can dream and he'll have his virtual chipotle (laughs) in his other arm and it will be be all right that's it for the show today that was the hash i think it's thursday that's friday light right that's a friday light type of show you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah a little bit of that anyway Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. that's happening so you know what else is happening next week austin texas consensus the giant crypto event organized by coindesk every year is taking over austin We're going to bring it for real. We're going to keep Austin weird down there. It'll be good. That starts next week. I'm heading down there on Wednesday. I think other people here are also doing that as well. Should be fun. There's going to be a lot of people talking and sharing interesting insights into the world of crypto and more. All right. Check it out. Good times. I'm Zach. That's Will. Sondali. Jen, we're The Hash. Check us out on the podcast. Watch us on TV. Do it all. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You're the best. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you, so if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.
2: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, Multitasking Pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.